DJ PK, it's time to talk a little BYU football with Dick Harmon from the Deseret News. He joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Dick, good morning. Good morning, David. Patrick, how, how is it going? Oh, it's going great. But I got to tell you, man, <clears throat> the D News reminds me like the Yankees in the old days. They used to just buy up all the best talent. <laughs> I mean, what's going on over there? My gosh. Just building up assets, bringing people in from the dark side. It's, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're glad to have we're glad to have Jay Drew with us. He's a good talent, great asset, um, experienced journalist, and uh, I like Jay personally. I've golfed with him before, traveled with him, spent a lot of time as have both of you. Yep. And uh, yeah, we're, we're we're glad he's here. It's plug and play, right? Brad Brad Rock retires, so you just go out and uh, buy another top talent. This is uh, this is well, the way this is the way the Lakers approach free agency sometimes. I guess so. Yeah, it's all good. So, how many people will be covering the BYU Utah game for the Deseret News at uh, you know eleven thirty, eleven forty five at night, whenever that thing finally wraps up down there in Provo? That's a great question. It depends on if they bring the internet guys in. If they bring the internet guys in, it could be anywhere from four to eight or to six. I don't know how many will be in the press box, but there'll probably be some on the sidelines or in the stands or wherever uh, a reporter can be stuck. But yeah. So as I look at this team, I feel more of a sense of optimism. I feel they have more of a sense of optimism than they did at this time last year. And obviously one of the reasons would be Zach Wilson. But I think they have certainly a a greater sense of optimism at running back. And I've never seen this Williams kid carry a ball live. I can go and look. I can look at numbers and so forth. Um, But I'm wondering... How much of a difference maker can he be? Because sometimes these grad transfers, they come in and they're really good, and other times they don't do a whole lot. I'm with you there, Patrick. We haven't seen enough of him. They've had restricted practices. All that we've been able to do is to talk to other players about him, Uh, talk to Zach Wilson, uh, talk to A.J. Stewart, his coach. And they're high on him. They believe that he's got the worth ethic. He's been had a great example as far as what he's done in practices and in team meetings. Uh, physically, he looks like he's got the part. He's, you know, his background in high school is the best running back in uh, South Carolina. Um, he was a 4A, 4-star type of a guy back then. And I don't know what's happened to him in his college career. People at South Carolina say that they're going to miss him. They could have been very productive for him. But the overall, it's more of an overall thing where they've got more bodies to decide. And if people break down or get injured or twist an ankle or maybe bang a shoulder, they got more choices now than they did uh, at the end of that last year. It was kind of a disaster. Nothing to take away from Matt Hadley, a converted linebacker. But when he was out there against the Utah Defense and he he, ra- he rushed for 64 yards, which I think was fantastic. But he went down in the the second uh, half and he, you know third quarter, and they were done. They really had no other choices. They turned conservative, and that was not something that Zach Wilson was very happy about. But that they did what they did to kind of try to write out that lead. In hindsight, maybe they should have been more aggressive, and I think all the coaching staff believes that too. They could have maybe done some things without Matt Hadley being a threat on the run, but they didn't do that either. So most teams uh, struggle to run the ball against the Utes. The Cougars did it. Are they going to do it again? And you, are you pretty confident in their ability to do that? 
Oh, I, I don't know. You you got to give Utah's defensive front four a lot of credit. They're they're all back. They all return. If you read the if you read about them and and listen to what people are saying about them, they they may be the best in college football. So to say that they're going to have immediate success or continued success throughout that game running the ball against that front, uh, I, I think would be pressing it. But I I also think that Utah lost a couple of what I thought were some of the best two linebackers in college. Uh, football. Uh, those guys were tremendous at plugging holes, filling gaps, making plays. Uh, it was a tackle on Hadley by one of one of those guys. I think it was Hanson that, you know, ended his career. Um, I think missing those two playmakers is going to be an adjustment for Utah. And if there's any hope for BYU in establishing a run, it'll be the fact that maybe Francis Bernard and whoever else they put out there um, may or may not be up to the level of those two guys. I think up front, BYU's offensive line is physical. They're big. They're experienced. I think they can lean on people and get them tired over the course of a game. That might be to BYU's benefit. But to say that they're going to come out and push Utah's front four around is really, really a tall ask of this uh, of Jeff Grimes and his offense. But he likes that. He likes the physicality. And I think they do have the people that can try to do that. Whether or not they're successful remains to be seen. But that's one of the intriguing things about this game is, is that line battle. Because BYU really, really feels very, very good about their their offensive linemen. So with that in mind, if you ask any offensive coordinator, you know, what do you plan for offense this year, run pass? Oh, we're going to be balanced. I mean, you can guarantee they're going to say we're, we're, we're going to be a balanced offense. Everybody says it. With that in mind, what do you think that distribution is percentage-wise between pass and run? Uh, that's a good question. I think a lot of it depends on what the success is in the game. If, if BYU comes out and runs the ball and is able to get three or four yards of carry on the U defense, then I think you'll see them you know, kind of keep with that. But they, they definitely want to stretch the field and test Utah's uh, the rest part of their defense. They've been working a lot on chunk plays, uh, chunk yardage passes. They've been very good at it. Uh, Zach Wilson has been very good with his touch passes. He's leading his, his, his receivers, and they're catching it in stride, and he's letting them run under the ball. Those are all the things they've been working hard on to, to make that more of a threat because they, they realize with this schedule that they have, they can't afford to go against Washington, Tennessee, Utah, and, and USC and expect to have 12, 13 play drives. I mean, that's, that's just not realistic to think that way. What they need to do is to move the chains and, you know, have some plays that go for, you know, nine or 10 or 12 yards and maybe even break off a 30 yarder here and then. You know, that, that's easier said than done, but I think the success of running the ball on, on, on Utah and how much they do that will, will, will really depend right in game if they're able to do it. So when they want to break off these big plays, so they don't need these 13 play drives. Who are the big? Who's the big play guy, or who are the big play guys? Well, I think I think Matt Bushman. Anytime BYU's been successful for the past forty-five years that I've covered BYU football, they've had a tight end that makes plays. Their uh, curl routes, their slants, their they line them out outside the, uh, the 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 tackle box with the, you know and, and split them out wide, and they go against linebackers and safeties, and they make plays. I think Matt Bushman is the kind of guy that can do that. Aliva Hefo is one of the fastest players on this team. 
Uh, he's a deep threat. Uh, he has uh, he's shown that in his career. They hope that he can do that. Dax Milne is another guy who was a walk-on, preferred walk-on, but now has gained status as a scholarship player. He's got great speed, reads defenses really well, has good moves. I, I think you got to watch Gunnar Romney. He's a bigger receiver with good speed. Um, whether if, if the Ute uh, secondary locks those guys up, they've got to turn to the tight ends. And uh, I think Matt Bushman is a guy that could get him the yards. He's proven that. Defensively, they're going to need some playmakers. They've had some great linebackers, as you say, in the last 45 years with the tight ends, and that's a fact. And you could also say at the linebacker position, they've had some big-time studs there. Uh, who are you looking forward to maybe take some of the role of the studs that they've had in prior seasons? Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a real test for them, losing uh, Sione Taki-Taki because he was such a great playmaker, great speed, great attitude, tough guy. I, I think Zane Anderson fits that mold of the slash linebacker. He's He's got tremendous speed. Um, he, he's a heady player. He's a senior. He's been around the block. Uh, I think Jackson Kafusi has shown flashes of brilliance. Um, they got a guy named uh, uh, Peyton uh, Wilgar. His father, Dana Wilgar, played in 72, 73, 74, with some of those first bowl games. He's a hard hitter. He's got good size at 6'3", 225. Um, they've got this uh, uh, Peely kid, I think, that can be stuck in it. Uh, middle linebacker or outside linebacker and I think that they're really in they're really trying to find answers and if there's one weakness right now of that team I think is trying to plug in players for those that have lost or have been injured for instance at corner I think Chris Wilcox and uh, Troy Warner those two have been out and they're they're really playing young corners at that one position they moved Dylan uh, Gondalco over at one corner position and he's the best tackler cover guy they got that kind of shows you that they were kind of concerned about that area bringing him in from safety so yeah, if there's any weaknesses, it's just these guys are young and inexperienced on defense, and they're kind of trying to get what they can do. As of yet, they haven't named some of those guys. They haven't named them as starters at number one or number two, and that kind of shows you how concerned they are about making not only the right choice but keeping them all engaged during practice every day until uh, perhaps maybe the first of next week when they say, okay, you're number one. They haven't done that yet. So are the Utes going to be able to run the ball on the Cougars? You bring up all these questions about the defense, and you know what the game plan is. It's not going to change. They're going to try to run it down their throats. I think that should be the game plan. I think we ought to test this defensive front seven of BYU, and they got the people that can do it. I mean, I've been very impressed with Utah's three-deep running back situation, whether or not Zach Moss is able to go in this game. We still don't know, but expect that he will even if he's got a cast on his arm. Um, the Utes have always had tremendous run game uh, performances um, over the years, put people in the NFL. I, I think you test that. You say, yeah, let's go out. Let's see. Let's get down to the dirty part in the, in the middle, and let's push people around, see if we can get it done. If they do that, they'll just keep doing it. So, yeah, I would expect that would be a game plan that, uh, that the Utes would, uh, would definitely try, and Andy will press that button as often as he can. How much is Kalani coaching for his job? You know, that, that, that's a good question. Tom Homo kind of shucked that off yesterday when he talked about renewing his contract and it wasn't an issue if he beat this team or that team or what he did. But I think that what he's done, Pat, if you follow things, he's really cleaned up a lot of problems that they had off that four-win team uh, where a lot of things just went downhill. 
He's asked people to leave. He's pushed people out. He's brought other people in. He's he's accepted a standard that you're going to do it academically and you're going to do it with the honor code. And, you know, we'll give you a break here and we'll give you a break there. But if you continually are a serial offender and it's dragging down our program and our team, you're gone. You're gone. I don't care who you are. And he's even told recruits that have yet to commit or sign hey, you just won't fit in here. Let's let's find you a better place. So he has bought into that, and I think the administration appreciates the fact that he, as the point man, is going to make those decisions and is going to be the filter for what they need to keep their program clean. Now, as far four decades of covering this team, they always have guys that mess up, and they will. They'll continue to do that. But as a filter and a point person representing, they really need him to be – that guy that's going to make some hard decisions, and he's doing that, and I think that pleases them very much. Do you think they're built to handle this four-game stretch at the start of the season? Can they get out of it 2-2? Two and two? You know, I don't know how many teams they were built to do that. I, I think it'll be tough. If they if they were to win one game or two games, I think this would be a successful September. It, the, the real possibility is this could be an improved team, be a, a much improved team, but go on 4 and that, that that's the reality of this schedule in September. I would think they have a better chance on their home field against Utah than um, than, than some would expect. Um, they are going to be an underdog, but I think that motivates them. I think the way that they played against Washington is kind of scary because they didn't show up last year in Washington. That was awful. And it was kind of a reminiscent of the game that they played against LSU. They had nothing. They didn't show anything. So I think that team has matured in a way uh, to where that won't be a big problem. USC's down. Um, they've got all kinds of issues. Maybe you can get them on your home uh, field if things are clicking. Uh, Washington, again, I, I don't know. So, you know, if they won two games, I think it would be a big success for this football team. So is BYU really pumping up Jim McMahon? I don't know that BYU is, but his former teammate uh, Tom Olmo is. I mean, <laughs> What was that about? <laughs> I, I think if a fan... Asked in the audience, he was he was facing a couple of hundred people at Education Week, and something that, that's a tradition that Tom does. And somebody raised their hand and said, "Why are you guys always pumping up Jim McMahon when he doesn't represent a lot about the school that you know we all stand for?" And Tom got kind of teary-eyed, and he said, "Hey, listen, he's the best teammate that I ever had, and he's had some good ones, including Ronnie Lott." But the people that know Jim McMahon that can look aside from some of the things that, you know, he was involved in and, you know, kind of pushing the edge and the envelope on, on rules and that. Jim was, Jim was one, one of the, the, best, the best athletes and best people, uh, persons that, that were around. I remember doing a radio show like the one that you guys are doing, and I asked, we just started it off at KOVO down in Provo. And I asked Jim McMahon to come be on that program, um, to show up at the studio and to do that. And I had no idea if he would or would not. But he, he came down there in this place that you could hardly find out in, west, out, out in the west by the lake, uh, west suburbs. Um, and he showed up there in his green duster, came in there and spent 35, 40 minutes. But he has done so much uh, for people um, in helping them financially. Um, he was a tremendous leader and friend to the and teammates, to the people that he was around. And I think people forget, they, they look at the other part, it's kind of the punk quarterback, but he's done a lot of things that have meant a lot of, lot to people and built relationships that they really care about. And if you were to talk to any of his teammates, they'd feel the same way about him. You want to ask him to be on our show? Absolutely, you'd do it. Okay. Go golfing with him. Barefoot. He, he golfs barefoot, too. It's kind of funny. 
Okay. I, I didn't expect that. You ever golf barefoot, PK? No, I got bad feet, man. <laughs> yeah, that, you're right. That. That'd be a bad look. Well, Dick, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. And, uh, you know, the uh, cast of thousands from the Deseret News ready to swarm the press box. You're going to need your own row. <laughs> it's all good. It's all fun. It's good to see you guys and talk to you. And thanks for having me on your program. All right. Thanks for coming on, Dick. Dick Harmon, Deseret News, joining us here. Looking ahead to the start of the season and the opener with the Utes. Coming up, Sports Jeopardy. The Huntsman Center. Turning the big 5-0. We will get to that next. Stay with us. 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. And now, attention. Top of the Wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Pac-12 has decided against 9 a.m. Pacific time kickoffs this season, but is open to the idea in the future. Sean, or Andrew Walker, the Pac-12's VP for Public Affairs, said they need more time. They're looking at the concept for 2020. University of Utah receives a verbal commitment from Wasatch Academy Top 100 National Prospect Caleb Lohner yesterday as part of the 2020 recruiting class. Major League Baseball, Max Muncy, a walk-off home in the 10th inning as the Dodgers beat the Blue Jays 2-1. Phillies beat the Red Sox 5-2. Bryce Harper with a two-run shot, his 27th of the year. Bees rained out in Tacoma. They open a series at the Reno Aces tonight at 8 o'clock. Listen to the game here on The Zone Sports Network. The Tour Championship begins today at Eastlake Golf Club in Atlanta. Tony Finau will tee off in the first round at 11.15 a.m. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Diamond Airport Parking. Don't take the bus tour at the airport parking lot. Diamond Airport Parking offers covered self-parking, covered valet parking, open valet parking, and free 24-7 car-to-curb shuttle service. Diamond Airport Parking since 1922, just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park right and save at Diamond Airport Parking. The Big Show. I wore my flat cap to the 21 Pilots concert and I thought, I bet I'm the only person in this entire building wearing a hat like this. You know you told us that story yesterday. I did not. Yes, you did. But it's, did it's, I tell you, it on you heard the this air? story a yeah. hundred times. Let's move on. <laughs> this is where you should have played the drop. I've heard this story. I would just it. played it. He did just oh, play it. Well, I was too busy doing something else. Okay, what so else? We're, both, what you, right? we're both not listening or paying attention, but at least that's something he played. It's not something I said. No right. story I really like is the time Jake went to the 21 Pilots. <laughs> yeah, you remember concert. that? And he had, he had like a weird on? cap on. Yeah. yeah. If you've missed any of the big show, go to 1280thezone.com. This is the big show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Think you know sports? All right, smart guy. Time to put that knowledge to the test. It's time for another edition of Sports Jeopardy with DJ and PK on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Time for Sports Jeopardy, a Huntsman Center edition. Our champion is Steve. Steve, good morning. Good morning, guys. Our challenger is Clint. Clint, how are you? Very good. Huntsman Center's turning 50 this year. The U's lining up a whole series of events to celebrate it. So we got five questions for you. Find out what you really know about this. Steve, we'll start with you, our champ. Question number one. In the first athletic event in Huntsman Center history, Utah beat this Pac-12 school in men's basketball 96-94. Five, four, three, two, one. Who is Stanford? Nice. There it is. All right, Clint. 
Question number two. What year was the Final Four played in the Huntsman Center? Five, four, what is three, nineteen seventy nine? One. Ding dong. Ah, it's one to one. Steve, it wasn't named the Huntsman Center until 1987. What was the building's original name? Five, four, three, two, one. What was the special event center? Oh, I would have gone with the Eccles Center myself. Clint, <laughs> question four. This is how many times the Utah basketball team has had a losing record at home. Five, four, three, two, one. Mm, what is five? Steve? Five, four, three, two, one. I'll go with uh, three. What is one? It's the loneliest number. Yeah, there it is. All right, uh, Steve, this president spoke in the Huntsman Center. Five, four, three, two, one. Uh, I would say Gerald Ford. Nice. Wow. (laughs) I would have gone with Gordon Hinckley. (laughs) And Clint, just for the record, I just realized I screwed up. What? (laughs) I screwed up question number four. But you would have lost three to two instead of three to one. So there you go. (laughs) Sorry about that, big guy. So the last one should be worth three points, right? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Triple bonus. Yes. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, thanks, guys. And uh, Steve, that was uh, that was sick. Three, three, uh, three for three, right there. But we love awesome. you either way. Yeah, okay. All right. I was, uh, I, was hope, I was I was hoping for uh, how many times did Majerus drop his pants? At the <laughs> <laughs> four thousand four hundred right. Stay on the line. Fabulous parting prizes as always. How many f bombs did Coach Rick Majerus? utter in the Huntsman Center. <laughs> oh my gosh. To infinity and beyond. <laughs> he was a noted swearer. Yeah. That was, that was pretty bad math by me right there. They've had winning records in 43 of the last 44 campaigns. Well, that wouldn't be one losing season in the last 50, would it, David? No, it wouldn't. Thank you. The voice is in my head again. All right. So, Sports Jeopardy, Tuesdays and Thursdays. One more week. Yep, one more week. It's a, it's a little summer fun, and summer ends when? When the local college football season kicks off. Yeah, well, we decided That's to how go we through the it. Thursday before Labor Day. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, the zone. The uh, question of the morning, actually we have several questions here, but the most important question of the morning, then other questions kind of branched, branched off of that. Uh, you wondered, prediction time, BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. He will beat Utah at least once in the next three years. Agree? Disagree? What are you thinking? He's got to. You cannot be considered a great quarterback at BYU unless you beat Utah at least once. I mean, come on. Was Taysom Hill a great quarterback at BYU? No. Oh, okay. Because that'd be the one. I was going through all the great quarterbacks. Have they beaten Utah? No. Maybe Virgil Carter back in the day, didn't that? Virgil. Yuck, get quick, on that. Come, come quick. I mean, I don't Virgil Carter? Yeah, I played in the NFL. I thought you told me he played at BYU. He did both. Oh. Don't try to trip me up. You might be able to do it. Yeah, I think you've got to be able to beat Utah to be considered great. So Peter says, 
Uh, Zach Wilson beat Utah at least once in three years? Nope. Tracy? Nope. Aaron? Disagree. Sheila? Disagree. Look at the Ute fans coming strong. This streak's continuing. Zach will not break through. Sheila? Sweet little Sheila? Yes. He's got to. He's got to get it done. Almost got it done his freshman year. He's got three more chances, presumably. I mean, if he's healthy and if he doesn't leave early for the NFL, I guess there's two, two things that could limit the number of chances he well, gets. Austin Horton was telling me yesterday that he's heard strong rumors he's going to transfer to Utah. Austin's heard that? <laughs> he told us yesterday. <laughs> Well, we got transfer portal Pete over there. If something breaks, we'll know. I don't see why we do that at the red shirt. I think if he's good enough, play two years and see what your NFL there you go opportunities are. It's conceivable he could play in the NFL. So, but that's beside the point for now. He's got to find a way to beat Utah. Yes, and actually, the next quarterback who does that will be remembered forever. Ah, because he broke the streak. Yeah. He certainly will. It will be a noteworthy accomplishment. Scott Mitchell's been remembered for a long time for breaking a nine-game losing streak. Excellent point. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I think he gets it done is the, the rivalry's been very lopsided at different times in its history. But neither team's been able to win nine in a more. I mean, nine, more than nine in a row. The Utes dominated for decades, but never had a streak longer than nine. Lavelle Edwards owned Utah for two decades but never won more than nine in a row. Something's got to happen. There have been enough close games that could have been decided by a one or two or three plays. At some point, you would think they pull off one or two or three plays and get a win. Yeah, I don't think it's just a matter of odds, though. I don't, I don't think you're playing he's, percentages. You, he's got to beat them. Right. He's good enough to do that. Does he have the guys good enough around him? And you're right, they got to beat him. But they've been very close. Anson just said, if Kyle retires... Well, he will retire. Will he retire in time for Zach to play against okay, a gotcha. non-Kyle team? I got gotcha. you. The combination of two. you know, uh, Playing him early in the year, when they're undergoing a coaching change, and let's say uh, you know, Kyle does this year and next year, and then he's gone you know, after his back-to-back Rose Bowls, back-to-back national championship, whatever. So if he, if he hung it up in two years, and Zach's senior year, they have a coaching change. And when it comes to retirement... I'm going to keep my mouth shut and let Kyle announce it when he wants to announce it. Uh, and we'll, I'll just leave that at that. Uh, but, yeah, I understand the, the premise of that question. But if it's players, then does the coach matter? If it's players. You said Zach's got to have the players around him. Yep. It's a team game. I mean, we were just talking about this the other day, the uh, Duke quarterback. Um, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, right, with the Giants. And and then Baker Mayfield, what did he mean when he said it? Well, you know, you you got to be able to win games because Jones had a losing record. But he didn't have the players around him. Obviously, an NFL team thinks he's pretty good. Jared Goff's first year as a starter at Cal, they went 1-11. How's that working out for him in the NFL? Pretty dang good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but I do think in order to be considered one of the better ones at your school, you've got to get that done. Everyone else. And was Taysom Hill really considered one of the better quarterbacks? I mean, he was the finest athlete that program has ever produced. 
but it's not about being an athlete at quarterback. Scott says, wasn't Zoob Nation saying all the same things about Ben Olsen, Jake Heaps, and Tanner Mangum? Will they ever learn? <laughs> That's pretty dismissive right there. Will they ever learn? Something to be said for that, and I admitted yesterday doing the show with Gordon, I'll be doing it again today, that I'm falling into that trap because I felt the same way back when Jake Heaps was playing where you could see all of training camp. And so you sat there and you watched it. You stood along the sidelines when they did their team scrimmages. Is you know everybody would shuck and jive while they're going through their team drills. But when they would move into the team scrimmages, everybody would stand up, move over close to the field where they were doing it, and there was no talking because you were watching. And you know I thought, wow, this kid looks really good. And then it didn't pan out for sure. And then Ben Olson, uh, you know, I think he was derailed by injuries, uh, and then he left anyway. Uh, under the circumstances and Mangum nobody had a greater look at me introduction to college football than Tanner Mangum I mean he's throwing Hail Marys left <laughs> and right I mean it was sensational it was in, in, in that regard it was literally impossible for him to live up to that for four years can't sustain that <laughs> it's just the, the two games were just incredible and sure it looked like he was going to be really really good and so there's something to be said for that. I would take Olsen out of the equation since he left. And then, unfortunately for him, he couldn't find a way to stay healthy down in uh, Los Angeles with the Bruins, obviously. He was getting hurt every time he turned around. Uh, but the other two, they didn't live up to that building. Billing, there's no doubt about it. Even though at times they showed well. I mean, he showed well during the freshman season. Now, it was a very uh, weak slate of games as Tom Homo had said uh, going forward as an independent you're going to have to give me time to build up the schedule a little bit so I think Heaps was the beneficiary of a crappy schedule and so that made it made it a little more artificial uh, Tanner hit the ground running and then stalled there's no doubt about it great kid but he stalled and now Wilson here I am again buying it's not so much hype though because it's not like I pay a lot of attention to high school football because I don't. Uh, so he's a local kid, so you knew of him more. Uh, so for me, I'm going to know a little bit about local kids and then know a little bit about Arizona kids and then occasionally some Southern California kids when I can tap into some guys who are still alive down there and can tell me about them from where I used to work. Uh, but I'm back into it. I, I, I like what I saw last year. See, to me, last year wasn't hype. Now, I get Western Michigan wasn't the greatest opponent. We still went 18 for 18. So it's more than hype with this kid. But I'm right back doing what I did with the other two and thinking, ah, they're going to be really good. And then they didn't turn out to be really good. So I am recognizing that I'm back in the same boat. But I feel like I have a little more evidence with this young man. Yeah, but are you saying they're going to be really good? Are you, you're I think really he's going to be to... really good. <clears throat> okay, he's going to be really good is different than they are going to be really good. And it's also a different question of, are you going to beat this team in a head-to-head matchup over the course of the next I three I think years? if you're really good, you do. I know it's a different question, but it's the same premise. If you're really good, you're going to beat these guys. Kyler Murray got a ton of run. And now, you know, he struggled in the preseason game. Well, he was 57-3 and as a starting quarterback in high school and college. 
great, but that doesn't necessarily translate to the NFL. There's but they keep pumping that up. So even though it's a team game, he was 57-3. and three. And he was great. His college team was I didn't great. see him in high school, but I got to imagine he was awesome. Because he certainly was awesome when he got his full-time opportunity at Oklahoma last year. It was just incredible. So even though it's a team game, you're getting credit. Your record. They look at it almost like a starting pitcher with uh, quarterbacks. And so in order to be considered a great one, I think he's going to have to find a way to have his team win a ball game. Hill plays in the NFL. Did that make him a great quarterback at BYU? Well, we would agree more so if he gained two yards. The two-point conversion yeah. right there at the end of the game. Was yeah. it 20-19? to 19? He could have made a 21-20 and ended the thing. Yeah, and likely, you know, barring something outrageous, the Music City Miracle type thing, he yeah. wins that game. Right. Yeah, and he came up two yards short, and so there's debate. Is he one of the great ones? But yet, we look at Max Hall. Ah, yeah, he was one of BYU's great quarterbacks for sure. He was a gutty overachiever, battled you, fought you, throw a pick, and then get a personal Ooh, foul. That's another question for another segment and another show. What? Well, Max Hall is the last quarterback to register two wins over Utah. Oh, don't get greedy here. (laughs) (laughs) Who will be the next BYU quarterback to beat the Utes twice? Well, that's impossible to know because we don't even know who's going to start after Wilson. Right. And and you can get a kid like Jaron Hall if he sticks around. He may not get two starts. But he may get in his one start. I don't know what's going to happen. But if he got his one start in a couple years and lights it up, uh, he may be all that. I mean, did John Beck have two wins? Not no. necessarily, but man, he was sensational. He go John Beck goes down as one of the great quarterbacks in BYU history, particularly with the job he had to do. He was the quarterback that resurrected the program from its darkest times. Max Hall, Brandon Doman, Ty Detmer. Those would be the last last three quarterbacks with multiple wins over the over the Utes. And I think they're all considered in the Pantheon, and I don't even know what Pantheon means. It just sounds really fancy. It's Pantheon. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even know how to pronounce the word. There it is. All I know is that if you use it, it just makes you sound intelligent, right? Erudite, dare I say. Who I what? Huh? <laughs> Classless Skip tweets at us, Ute fans also remember former Phoenix Giants catcher slash Utah quarterback Randy Gomez because he ended a six-game losing streak to BYU in 1978. Phoenix Giants mean like this San Francisco Giants AAA? Yeah, that must be what he means. Phoenix Giants. I spent many a summer night at Phoenix Muni watching the Phoenix yeah. Giants. Damaso Garcia? Oh, my gosh. I'm still stunned he didn't make it big in the big leagues. I went to my, my father when we moved out to Phoenix. He would take me out. It was like five bucks to go to a game. He'd sit in the bleachers in left field. And I can remember there was a guy who obviously had imbibed a little too much, and he kept yelling, you're a bunch of rejects! For like eight innings. He just yelled <laughs> it the whole time. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a fun night at the ballpark. Come on, you freaking drunk. Shut up. Stop it. Who wouldn't want to get to AAA? I mean, we'd want to get to the majors, but if we got to AAA, that would still be pretty cool, I would think. So, Randy Gomez played for the Phoenix Giants in Phoenix Muni, which is now... The Sun Devils baseball stadium, because they moved out of Packard. Do you remember uh, Rich Evans? used to work at the D News. 
I sure do. I think he took a teaching job at BYU eventually. Absolutely, yeah. I remember he Rich told Evans. me once we were uh, killing time before a jazz game, and uh, I don't know how we got it, but it was on that topic of uh, baseball and AAA and AA and all that, and he said that he was once on a softball team, and someone brought in, they were pretty, he was younger and they were pretty good and all that, and someone brought in a ringer. And it turned out the guy had played minor league baseball, and Rich didn't want to bug him right away. For his autograph? Over time, no. But over time, you know, finally they're sitting on the bench one time. He says, hey, I got to ask you, you know, I, I heard you made it to double A. And he said, watching this guy play, sweetest swing ever. Crushed the ball. Slow was pitch or fast awesome. pitch? I think it was slow pitch, but I'm not positive. Crushed the ball. Can never you have seen a sweet swing like and him. slow pitch, though? Apparently. Never seen anyone hit it. Like this. Really? Yeah. Once Best in a lifetime for right. Rich Evans. And he said, why, why didn't you make it? And he looked at me and didn't even bat an eye. He said, couldn't hit a lick. <laughs> he thought, wow, best swing ever. And now, if hit only a they had had slow pitch in AAA, he would have made the advancement. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> All right. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Three, two, one, one, one. The countdown is back on the Zone Sports Network. It's the fifth annual college football top 60 and 60. As we count you down to the start of the college football season. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another selection. I see you on five. Leading up to the start of the 2019 season. As voted on by the local media and you the fans. It's the top 60 and 60. Presented by Cypress Credit Union, the Southtown Auto Mall, and Master Electrical Service. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Zero Rest Summer Sale ends August 31st, your last chance to get your fourth room clean for free. No soap, shampoos, harsh chemicals. Zero Rest is the right way to clean. Call today to schedule your cleaning, 801 288 Yeah, It's the right way to clean. It's always Zero Rest. Are you kidding so, me? So, I have been notified yeah. during the commercial break that you, mm-hmm. Patrick L. Kinahan, Jay, you have transformed the market, revolutionized. Yeah, I have. Not just radio, but media as we know it. Well, the, I, however, the sport of journalism, immediately asked the question. Sport like, of this journalism. is breaking news. I thought we announced this a decade ago. Anytime you can have further confirmation, aha! You Double. go ahead and you doubling down, as it were. You put that out there. Yeah, when you have, and it gets to the point where it's undeniable. You're undeniable. Nope, that's not that song. I messed up that lyric too. I think right. that's where we're at. All right, what do you got? You know, journalism was just kind of a it was it was a colloquial pedestrian type of information. Uh-huh. Thingy. Thingy. To use the technical term. But in nineteen ninety three, the Wasatch Front changed forever. Was it twenty six years ago today? That Patrick B. Kinahan rolled into town? No. Oh. I just got into town about an hour ago. Took a look around, say which way the wind blow. Are you working in a little city of lies? Or just another lost angel? City night! City night! It's my Jim Morrison. 
so back when I had eardrums. <laughs> you can at least tell me to take the earbuds out. The greatest I mean, rock and roll tune of all time. It, that is a great LA song. Woman. That is a great song. It's it, the greatest. If you haven't seen the movie, go go see The Doors. It's the greatest it now, rock find and it roll tune of all time. No, I don't believe that. But let's not argue it, that. Let's talk. But about, it is. Let's talk about your greatness. You can't argue that either. Well, I'll argue one thing at a time. Me and Monson just changed journalism the way it was done. Uh-huh. And we've got no less authority than El- Elder Kurt Cragthorpe. You two guys changed the way journalism is done in this market. Did he elaborate? That you two guys changed the way journalism is done in this market. Do you need to elaborate? Truth stands on its own. Stands on its need, own merit. Does Come it on. need elaboration? Well, what was going on here before you showed up? Uh, patty cakes, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you changed it. Ergo, there had to be a before and an after. I wasn't here before. I know. All I know is after. I was only here for a year before, so that does hardly... And I, I don't even know that I was here a year before Gordon, and Gordon might have been here before no, me. we Get came here. here at the same time. Oh, you did? Hence, 1993. Pay attention. Put when, your earplugs back when in. When did Gordon come in? 1993, August. When, we both came the same okay. time. I did not know he came in August of 19. Well, now you know. He didn't do sports right away. Aha! I got in the cage and started wrestling a bear from yes. day one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I am aware. And so I, you'd have to ask people who were here before. I can't, yeah. I can't speak to that. Well, I thought maybe Kurt did, and it just wasn't in that clip. I assume that uh, it was more about aggressive and taking on the big dogs and searching for truth. Writing about Rick Majerus the way you did. Pointing out everything that was involved. There's not going to be any press rooms named after me. (laughs) 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 Not going to be any press rooms named after him either. Interesting that we both came at the same time. And I get a lot of stuff you see on social media where they lump the two of us together. Ute fans from back in the day. Cougar fans today, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you get it. On, you see it on social media. They'll point out the two of us. We're shock jocks. We're sensationalists and this and that. We're whatever. Whatever it is that you don't like, that you think you don't like, that we said about your team <laughs> or your school. Yeah. That's what it was. I, I, I assume that most of that is rooted in Majerus. I, I think that's where it started originally. But, I mean, I carried it on to Croton as yeah, but I think, too, but, so eloquently played over and over and over again. Well, when you have truth, PK. <laughs> and then, yeah, especially when you don't have to get your hands dirty doing it. The classic television played me and Croton getting into it, and nobody from the TV had to get their hands dirty you, first just off, doing their prep of the first week. First off, you and you and Croton didn't get into it. You, well, he had, you, you he walked into it and bludgeoned himself. Some would people some people would say he, he we got into it whether you do or not. I mean, I he said something and I challenged him on it, and away we went. You had the facts and the numbers, yeah, at your fingertips. 
Nobody ever told me, go get the facts. <laughs> Jim Calhoun, get your facts straight or right? I can't remember the question. I think it's straight. Straight. Get your facts straight. <laughs> Come back. Go get your facts straight. <laughs> bam! Bam! <laughs> nice of you to show up. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was Majerus maybe started, but I think we both have branched out and... And certainly, uh, yeah, but I don't think Gordon any, took on the Jazz many times over. I don't. I don't think the Ute fans are. I mean, I think the Ute fans are so mad at, at Boylan for losing that they're they're not mad at they're not mad at Gordon for going up there and that whole thing. No, I mean, I there's probably four of them who are. I mean, you can find some, but overwhelmingly, that would, that thing, happy just, just because he's mad or not mad doesn't mean that's. I don't know. Did that's you say Ute? <laughs> I think that that's the way it should be, man. You should. I hope there's a new crop of, and I worry about the business because the business is sagging, that they they challenge people. Don't come here once every two years and ask those questions. I don't want to hear that from you. Not. Show some class. Everybody. The ball didn't go in the hoop. Everybody, everybody's <laughs> asking those questions. Why did you I see to show up? Why did you lose to BYU by 35 or whatever it was? Don't you ever call me a homer! Yeah, but... He only chose to go after one guy. Because he was mad at everybody? Oh, no, mad because I'm sure that Gordon had written and said stuff that he viewed as not flattering. Because he took him on in, in, in the, whether it was an opinion or whether it was uh, truth or both. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.